in the toilet on the plate everything so that was his fetish on a plate so, <laughs> on a plate <laughs> we are going to be talking about why some diseases are more common in parts of the world than others it's a mummified human yeah they obviously didn't have a will <laughs> When was Honestly, Jesus just... about? Wasn't Jesus BC? So like... BC is before Christ. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so like, get your archaeology boots on. <laughs> Why are we getting our archaeology boots on? Are we going to Are we taking <laughs> I promise we're smart enough to do this podcast. I... We actually have a very weird email by helping me hack my boyfriend's computer. <laughs> Guys, I kid you not, this woman sent him a picture of her <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to the So Cultured podcast, where we bring you the latest science and tech goss, served with a side of piping hot laboratory. We're your hosts, Liv, Yaz, and Taz, three girls with a passion for science and tech. Look, we've got the credentials, so we should know what we're talking about. We're asking the dumb questions so you don't have to, and obviously, all opinions are our own. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode, and let's get into it. Welcome back to episode four of the So Cultured podcast. We're so glad that you can join us on today's episode. We've got some really exciting science topics and some really juicy goss. Liv, you're going to be so proud of me. I've been going to the gym quite consistently and <laughs> I literally feel like I'm a new woman. Oh my God. I haven't been to the gym today because I couldn't be bothered. So I am proud of you. Thanks. I literally did your workout because Liv sent me her leg workout honestly I don't even know what half the terms were I was standing in the gym googling like what does this mean oh I still do that all the time I literally do that all the time like it would be an exercise that I've done a million times but then I start overthinking it yesterday I was in the gym with my sister she was like oh let's do RDLs and I was like I don't know what it is I just can't do them even though I can do them because I literally sent you a video of me doing them earlier but I had to literally YouTube how to do an RDL and I was like you literally do this all the time why are you YouTubing it and can you just remind the listeners what an RDL is? Because I had to Google this. <laughs> RDL is RDL is a Romanian deadlift. It's an exercise for glutes and hamstrings. Yeah, I didn't actually do that today. I did some other leg workouts. Oh. And then I had to meet a friend. Well, I mean, I met friends at the pub and I had to walk down some steps and I was literally shaking. <laughs> well, you're literally same with me today. I got out of my car, walked up the stairs to the flat and honestly my legs were like I hate that feeling me. when you finished a workout and then you're walking, you have to walk downstairs. Like my previous gym or like my gym like a while ago, I I was like really into the gym and I would do a leg workout and then it was like a flight of stairs down to get out of the gym and I would be like holding onto the oh, railing, no. just like oh, wobbling no. down. It's the worst. <laughs> well, my gym actually has a ramp. <laughs> to get like you have to go down the ramp and it's the worst at the moment because it's icy so I'm literally like holding on for dear life as I go down this ramp (laughs) after leg day like it's the worst I'd literally just be like do you know what I'm probably gonna slip anyway let me just get on my bum and like (laughs) just slide down (laughs) move (laughs) slide it well yeah that makes me feel really unproductive but I'm proud of you because I went and lived the gym expert just didn't well 
Yeah, I just couldn't be bothered. I just well, really if it makes you bothered. feel any better, I've literally not worked out in I don't know how long months, months and months, maybe even a year to be honest, because I've just been away for a year and I've not worked out in that time. So yeah, but this is this is my theory is that if you live somewhere like Australia, like you're literally, I mean, body positivity and all that, but you're literally like in your yeah. bikini all the time. So I feel like you are more mindful of. I don't know if you should be, but you are more mindful of like how your body looks and like fitness and all that. And I feel like there's just a more fitness encouraging lifestyle there anyway. Like people yeah, are outdoors maybe. more. So I think I'm that's de- why. That's but my saying theory. that people cold water swim in Plymouth and they're in bikinis in literally minus four degrees. Yeah, but that's Celsius a minority UK, right now. Like, yeah, it's in, like in Australia, people will yeah. get on the bus in their bikinis. Like they'll like come out of the sea yeah. and have a towel wrapped around them and get on the bus so I was like that is so weird <laughs> it is weird isn't it like I do think that when I go abroad and I'm just like that is weird but that is just yeah. more for them but that's what I mean I feel like you are just like because you're in your bikini more and like you're just doing more like outdoorsy things so I feel like naturally everyone yeah. is going to be fitter I don't know because America no, might things be an are like centered around fitness a lot like people are very active i think like when we first came here i was like oh my god i need to get into shape because like literally everyone is ripped it kind of puts you almost Mm. under pressure too which is not that great but also Mm. like it's giving me motivation i mean i feel like as long as you uh, approach it from like a fitness and wellness side then it's good if you're approaching it of like i need to work out to like look a certain way that's (laughs) a bit of both honestly (laughs) as long as that's not the only thing that motivates no. you. So on last week's episode, we were talking all about like epigenetics and how yoga and things like that can like influence your epigenetics. So do you think that might also be playing a part as well, actually? Well, potentially, but also in today's episode, it nicely uh, links in. Um, we are going to be talking about why some diseases are more common in parts of the world than others. Oh, okay. Okay, that sounds really cool. I'm excited to learn more. Let's get into today's episode. Okay, so today's topic is really interesting and scientists have basically been looking at ancient DNA to unearth the reason as to why some diseases are more common in some parts of Europe compared to other, namely the genes associated with multiple sclerosis or MS for short. And I'm also going to delve into some other external factors that may also cause MS as well. Okay, Taz, sounds interesting. Uh, If we're going to focus on MS, I've definitely heard a bit before, but do you want to give a brief overview of what it is? Yeah, so multiple sclerosis is a disorder in which the body's immune system attacks the protective covering of the nerve cells in the brain, the optic nerve and the spinal cord. And that protective covering is called the myelin sheath. And this sheath is often compared to the insulation on like an electrical wire so when that covering is damaged it exposes the wire or in this case the nerve fiber which can result in like slowed or blocked signals so the body can usually repair that damage to the myelin sheath but it's not perfect and then can result in scars and that's where the name comes from so multiple sclerosis means Mm. multiple scars Yeah, so everyone loses brain and spinal cord cells as they get older. But obviously, if you have MS, the nerve cells die off faster. And this happens like really slowly, Mm. usually over like decades. But 
first symptom is usually like gradual walking difficulty or some people actually get blurred vision as well Mm. so yeah yeah I feel like it is kind of common I don't personally know anyone that has MS but I've heard about it quite a lot and I think there's some celebs that have Mm. been diagnosed or oh my god um, I was literally about to say that the reason I know about MS is because when I was younger, I was absolutely obsessed with JLS. Yeah. You know, the boy band. Yeah. And the guy in JLS who I had the biggest crush on, his mum had MS. It's literally what I always think of. But I feel like that's... It's a good example, though, of, like, how, you know, when, like, celebrities, like, try and raise awareness about, like, mm. diseases and stuff. Because, obviously, like, younger me didn't really care about diseases. But every time I hear about MS, I actually always think of his mum because mm. he did, like, loads of charity things for her. Anyways, sorry, oh, guys, wow. carry on. I actually <laughs> know, like, two people that have MS. So I think it's quite common. Really? Yeah. Speaking of it being kind of common, do you actually have any numbers on how many people this affects? It currently affects more than 2.5 million people worldwide, according to Google. So obviously that's quite a lot. But what's actually interesting is the distribution of cases is quite uneven. So what I mean by that is it affects different geographical regions more than others. So if I break that down, what that means is there's a higher prevalence in Europe, especially Northern Europeans. And also what the study that I'm going to be talking about, which we'll get into, they found that even in African Americans who have MS, they have a higher ancestry with um, Europe. So what does that really mean? If you think about like if you do 23andMe or Ancestry DNA and it basically tells you what proportions of your DNA is from where in the globe, you know, like, you know, sometimes you see on YouTube, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, oh, this is, these are my, mm. this is my like ancestral DNA or like yeah. this is my like ethnicity yeah. background, yeah. whatever. This is the test. Basically, if you picture an African-American doing that, and what they find is that African-Americans that have MS can, compared to like con- healthy controls, they have a much higher percentage of their ancestral DNA from Europe. So it really is like pointing oh, the finger at okay. like European ancestry relating to MS, you know? Oh, wow. So it has really just passed it on through the generations as like a particular variant or something. Yeah, so no, exactly. And so just to like give the listeners some context, um, obviously Yaz mentioned genetic variants. And what we mean by that is you might have a gene that predisposes you to a disease. In this case, we're talking about MS. It can be attributed to a lot of diseases like Alzheimer's and things like that. You could be like genetically predisposed to get that in the future. With MS, there is like a genetic factor that predisposes you to like have MS in the future and they've actually found 233 of them specifically. There are obviously other external factors like lifestyle factors and also being infected with Epstein-Barr virus is another one um, that I'll touch on later on in the episode. Can I just ask a question on this? Yeah. Um, So like you say there's 233 genetic variants that like if you have them you're more predisposed to get MS. But like, how high is that predisposition? Like, do you have to have like all 233 or can you just have like one? Yeah, that's a really good question. Obviously, they've just associated those variants with MS and some have like much higher risk than others. There's one, one of them 
that's like a very prominent variant. And if you have that, then you have like a threefold increased risk of MS, some being like a lot more worse than others. So yeah, it really just depends. How do you find variants? Do you do like a, a GWAS, like a genome-wide association study? Yeah, I would assume so. Like obviously looking at like genetics and human genetics isn't really my forte and maybe it's a bit more of your forte live but I would assume so yeah you would look at like a general healthy population compared Mm. to like population with MS and look at the differences and then investigate the different differences in like the genes maybe like on an in vivo Mm. model and stuff Mm. do you know if they're like are these new variants like are they all 233 like new or are they known variants and they've just done some extra stuff with it that you're going to tell us about or is that like one of the big claims in their paper that they've found these new variants no so they have not claimed to find genetic variants they are just they are specifically looking at the most prominent one but i just wanted to get out there there's more than one but they wanted to look at the most prominent one in the ancestry Mm mm-hmm Can you get into the study a bit more? What have the scientists actually done and what have they found? The scientists basically compared modern DNA genomes to ancient DNA genomes and they looked for this specific gene variant that confers to the highest risk of MS. So there's a big repository of ancient DNA genomes and for like research purposes and usually they get them from like mummies when they exhume samples. Whoa. (laughs) it's just like archaeology type stuff isn't it if you think about it yeah but what is it like a mum of it's a mummified human like yeah they obviously didn't have a will (laughs) (laughs) they didn't sign they they didn't sign off to say you can you yeah yeah. (laughs) but also isn't that mad that if it is like mainly mummies just the science that that level of technology that they were able to um preserve DNA in the in such a way that can be used to create these and like how is there a yeah, whole repository DNA. of ancient DNA like how many mummies are we exhuming here no it's not just mummies <laughs> I don't think I think it's literally like anytime they find like okay. a grave and stuff and it's and it dates back yeah so they're literally like yeah so they're exhuming like they're random like grave bodies. robbers <laughs> yeah <laughs> no this can't be right what they can't be just like digging up bodies. <laughs> well, if you think about archaeology and a lot of the time, usually they'll do genetic testing to kind of see the population of people that were about in that time. Like we're talking about thousands and thousands of years ago. It's not It's not like it was like 50 years ago. Yeah, it's not like you're going to be like, that was my great, great grandma who no. you just dug up. <laughs> that's still interesting though like the topic that could be like a whole topic like the epic ethics of actually doing that like even if they are like thousands of thousands of years ago like that does feel quite weird still but i guess it's for the greater good i might have to write in my in my will like please don't dig me (laughs) please don't dig me up like i don't want to be your will won't even last we're talking about potential potentially just bones here like we're talking about i'll laminate it like five times (laughs) over right so going back to it, we have these repositories of modern DNA versus ancient DNA. And then what have they done? 
So they wanted to basically find the earliest evidence of the gene variants that cause MS. And the earliest evidence that they found was in an individual estimated to be from 5,836 to 5,723 BC. Damn. Whoa. I can't so, even comprehend that. It's a like, long time ago. Yeah, I literally can't even comprehend like how, what were they doing? What was their daily life no, like? No, because you, you don't even want to know because I actually am dumb because when people talk about like BC and AD I just don't actually know no like, but that's what I I'm saying like understand. I yeah when I say I can't comprehend like I literally cannot comprehend like I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but like even BC like, I just in the time scale like when was honestly, Jesus just... about wasn't Jesus BC so like... BC is before Christ <laughs> oh <laughs> is that what it sounds at least for? I know that yeah and so what AD, AD is um, like I think it's like Latin or something. That was it one of those moments yeah, where that literally sounds like I was trying to be dumb. But like, no, <laughs> I was just, I wish I could tell you I was trying to be dumb, but that was just genuinely dumb. So what does AD mean? It's, I, I think can't it's remember. I should know this because I actually went to Catholic school. So I should actually know this. Anno dom Domini, is that right? Anno Domini. I have no idea. It's Latin for in the year of the Lord. Don't ask me, babes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like good at science, but like common sense is just like, like I genuinely have no common I... sense. Like sometimes I'm like, how do I get about in this world? Like I actually don't know. Anyways, um Yeah. So yeah, I Back actually it, it yeah, was so a long time ago. It was a it long was time ago. Christ. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so like get your archaeology boots on because we're talking like eight thousand almost you 8, mean like history years ago when they no. <laughs> Oh why, are we, why are we getting our archaeology boots on? Are we going to dig are some more? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I promise we're smart enough to do this podcast. I swear. I swear. <laughs> oh, I think what Tad's meant to say Archaeology, the study of ancient cultures. I thought oh. it was like... Yeah, oh. like... <laughs> My nose is running. I'm not I, just look, it. I just googled Ugly. it. I just googled it. It says the study of human history and prehistory. Oh, <laughs> through the excavation of sites and, and, and analysis of artifacts and other physical remains. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I'm not. I am not excavating. So, oh no, I'm not getting my archaeology boots on. Like. Oh, well, get on. them on because that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> oh, all right. Anyway, just right. put your thinking caps on. Just put, it, just put, put something on. on. Just put something on. <laughs> also, that was such a dad thing for me to say. Get your archaeology <laughs> Okay, anyway, so we're thinking before Christ. We've got we've got time. It was a long time ago. Let's just say that. It was a long time ago. And <laughs> um, what, what happened? What did they find? Obviously, they found this like really early evidence, and then basically they were then looking at more uh, ancestral DNA, and they basically found that this particular genetic variant that they were looking at increased massively in frequency around 5,300 years ago. And this is why I'm telling you to get your archaeology boots on because I'm okay. about to tell you about like okay, ancient populations. Okay, mm -hmm. so 5,300 years ago was around the time of the Yamnaya culture in steppe populations. And it's that steppe ancestry that shows the highest risk for carrying genetic variants associated with MS. Okay, interesting. Quick question on that. The variant that they were looking at, 
you know, earlier I asked you that question about um, how, like how much does it increase risk? So this variant that they're looking at, is it like the variant that is most strongly associated with MS risk or is it just like a random variant in that list of 200 papers? Yep, it's it's the one that's most strongly associated with MS. Okay. I think it increases your risk by yeah. threefold. Okay, yeah, sorry, okay. you did say that. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, what is the step and what else did you say? The Yamnaya culture. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously, I'm not a historian or an archaeologist, <laughs> but um, archaeologist. <laughs> but I believe from I googled this because I also didn't know this at all, um, and I was like really confused by all the different cultures and the populations that they were talking about. So I googled what it meant, and step, which is S T E P P E, means flat grassy plain, and it typically refers to Euro- Eurasia. So steppe populations were basically found in these mm-hmm. areas, flat grassy plains in Eurasia. And the Yamnaya culture describes people who basically managed large herds of livestock and mostly lived as nomads. So like wheeling wooden carts around and they were like really known for like migration, basically. That's the extent of what we know or the extent of what I understand anyway. But I feel like this is a good example of like interdisciplinary work, right? Because I imagine that for a project like this, I mean, this is how I like to imagine it is like a scientist met a historian at the pub. Like they went on like a departmental yeah. night out or something. And then like they come up with this really cool thing or like they find that their work is like weirdly related in this way. That's how I like to think yeah. of it. <laughs> so basically they found it in ancient DNA. But like, what does that mean for MS? To me, that's like, okay, MS has always been around. Like this variant for MS has always been around. But how does this relate to different the fact that we see MS in different places in the world. Like you mentioned at the start, Northern Europeans have a higher risk or there's a high prevalence of MS in Northern Europeans. But how does the study relate to that? Oh, and a follow-on question from that is also just like the evolutionary like aspects of it. If it was in ancient DNA, why would we still have MS now? Is Was there any kind of advantage? Yeah, so once they'd done all of this research into looking at the prevalence of the genetic variants in ancient populations they then did a lot of work trying to figure out like the relevance of this and why ms is now increasing so the article basically highlights that due to migrational culture with like massive large herds of livestock increased population density there was increased consumption of meat it meant that there was a massively increased prevalence of infectious diseases and basically it was shown previously that MS-associated genetic variants conferred some resistance to a range of those pathogens or like what causes disease, so tuberculosis. Okay, so it was beneficial. Yeah, so you know how we spoke about sickle cell and how that conferred some resistance to malaria and things like that, and that's why the mutation was now prevalent and it's redundant now because we have quite a lot of methods to keep malaria at bay with treatment Mm -hmm. or ms is similar in that sense in ancient populations those genetic variants were preferred an advantage but now in the modern age where we have better hygiene diet healthcare, this genetic architecture is what they said that we have evolved to have now manifests itself as an autoimmune disease because it's like an overactive immunity Mm -hmm. 
Does that oh, make sense? That makes sense because we've changed our lifestyle. It's mm. no longer needed as it once was before. Yeah, we don't need her crazy efficient immune system that's really resistant to pathogens because we're just not getting that same exposure now through like vaccinations and just having better hygiene and diet and stuff but interesting you say that I feel like we do still have stuff like the common cold why have we not why can't we get rid of that do you know what I mean maybe not the common cold isn't a good example but there are other things that we could have adapted or evolved to have a better resistance to well you're not like potentially not going to get the disease it just means that you have better outcomes if that makes sense so someone with the genetic variant might still get the disease but they're like more resistant to a worse outcome like death for example that's super interesting obviously though there's no way of like escaping our genetics so do we know about other contributing factors are there other things that cause ms So I said earlier, there's lifestyle factors. I think they delve into or say in their introduction that smoking and obesity can cause or contribute to MS. But the other major factor is associated with infection with Epstein-Barr virus, and that causes a 32-fold increased risk of MS. It's quite difficult, really, because most of us are infected with Epstein-Barr virus or EBV for short. It's what causes glandular fever. People who tend to get glandular fever have these symptoms because they didn't get it in early childhood. We are probably all infected with EBV. That question was one of the main criticisms that scientists had, which was, well, loads of people are infected with EBV. So, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. how it was not associated with MS for such a long time. But they've done a lot of studies. And one of the main ones was in America, They, when they sign up to the army, they have to give regular blood donations and they can test if they've had like a recent EBV infection. Basically, they saw that there was ne- never any instances where someone with MS had ne- like not had EBV. So that's kind of where the association came from initially. Mm -hmm. And then so they delved into a bit more about why this might be. When we're infected with EBV, obviously our body makes an immune response, makes antibodies which neutralize the virus. But these antibodies were shown to also cross-react with the myelin sheath or like proteins on the myelin sheath. It was like a molecular case of mistaken identity where our body was trying to neutralize EBV, but recognizing proteins on the surface of myelin sheath by accident and therefore targeting it Mm -hmm. for degradation. That results in the damage in the myelin sheath and then symptoms of MS as well. That's really interesting. So I feel like EBV is quite commonly associated with neurological disorders and I never knew why or like potential reasons why. So that's really interesting. Just going back to what you said about if you smoke and if you're obese, that you're more likely to have MS. Do you have any idea of like how they controlled for that in this study? Because arguably you could say that Northern Europeans are more likely to be obese than African-Americans. So did they control for that in any way, the study? Or like you could say the Northern Europeans are more likely to smoke. I don't know if that's actually true, but it could potentially be true. So did they account for that in their study? Because otherwise they might just be seeing like, lifestyle effects rather than it actually being because of the genetic variant if that makes sense i don't know how much that increases your chance of ms um 
it might just be a small amount, a honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just know that they were just looking at specific genetic variants that are associated with MS risk and looking at that and seeing if there was a high association with that genetic variant in like European population. Obviously, we've spoken about the ancient DNA, though. So do you think there's any way to factor in environmental impacts that would have mm. influenced the gene variant for MS back then? And then maybe it's something that they're not considering of like the changes that happened then? Yeah, like, is that truly comparable? Or does the fact that it's been sitting around for like thousands and thousands of years change it in some way? Or is DNA stable enough and the way that they process it, like, reliable enough that it's comparable? Obviously, there might be limitations to using, like, ancient DNA and it might be more degraded, but you can only use what's there, right? So So now that they've done this study, they've obviously looked at ancient DNA and they've compared it to modern DNA and found this link between geographical locations and the prevalence of MS in certain regions and even with like ancestral history. But what, where does that leave us? Does learning this history actually help us to um, kind of help cure it or find ways that we can treat it? Do you know anything about that? I think the main question is why is autoimmune diseases increasing in prevalence? Obviously, this paper was specifically looking at MS, and they kind of answered that in a way because these genetic variants came about during a time where infectious disease was rife, and these variants conferred some sort of resistance to this. But now, because in the modern age, it's we have better hygiene, better health care, all that sort of stuff, it's now conferring a disadvantage, and that is why we're seeing autoimmune diseases or MS specifically increasing over time so it kind of answered that scientific question and it also kind of answered Mm -hmm. yeah like why it's geographically located in yeah yeah more Europe because it was associated with this particular culture and their migration and how they lived and stuff Okay, thanks, Taz. That was so interesting. And that was just such a nice summary at the end. If any of our listeners want to read more about any of the studies that Taz has spoken about today, just head to the episode descriptions where you can find all of the links. And for now, I have some gossip that I need to tell you guys about. Okay, guys, so I was going through our emails this morning and we actually have a very weird email. I don't want to say weird because maybe that's a bit harsh, but we have an odd email and I'm really excited to read this out to you. So we actually got an email that says, hey, so cultured girlies, this isn't really a story, but more of a question. And it's a bit psycho. So I kind of hope you will consider (laughs) reading it. (laughs) And obviously, guys, I've read it, and I'm not going to lie, it's a bit psycho. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. I'm excited for this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm here for this. So it says, so I'm a 21-year-old female, and I'm in my second year of my computer science degree, which, by the way, I'm absolutely loving. I moved away from home for my degree, but ended up meeting my now boyfriend in my first year of uni, so I've never really felt lonely. That's cute. Uh, She says he studies history and he's in his final year. So he's a year older. And she says everything between them has been going good for the past two years. 
But recently he's been pretty sneaky and I have a suspicion that he's chatting to some girl on his course. Now you're probably wondering what this has to do with science and tech, which yeah, when I started reading it, I was like, has she wrote into the wrong podcast or what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Imagine. But it says, well, this year I had a module all about cybersecurity where they learn a bunch of different things such as cryptography, which I've never heard of, network security, ethical hacking and more. But basically it... (laughs) Wait for it, wait for it. But basically it taught us the skills needed to secure systems and protect against cyber threats. Anyway... (laughs) On this module, we did a group project. And on my project, I was working with three guys. Honestly, the rollercoaster of emotions I went through reading this email, I was, every sentence, I was like, where is this going? Okay, go on. One of the guys was really into hacking. And it was actually the reason he got into computer science because he always wanted to like become a better hacker. And she says, (laughs) guys, I know it's unethical, but he's actually really good at it. Now, me and this guy became pretty good mates and he's offered to help me learn more about hacking because I found the ethical hacking part of our course really interesting. Sounds fun, right? But here's the catch. As we spent a lot of time together doing this project, he obviously got to know my concerns around my boyfriend and he's offered to help me learn by helping me hack my boyfriend's computer to see what he's up to. I don't even know if it's possible. (laughs) I don't even know if it's possible to actually do it or what I might even find. But if you guys were me, would you say yes? Or am I being too (laughs) psycho? Should I invest in the education and find out if my boyfriend is cheating on me? It kind of sounds like a win-win. And that's it. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's a new one. Like hacking your boyfriend's computer to check if he's cheating. What happened to just like sneaking you know like using his face or his finger to get in his phone while he's asleep not that yeah. I can do that but like <laughs> now literally it takes FBI agent to like another level is I don't yeah. actually know if that is like 100% possible like I know you can hack and like obviously at uni they teach you like ethical hacking what but... even is ethical about hacking I don't get it that's actually a really good question like what is the difference between ethical hacking and normal hacking let's google it yeah let's google it what is is ethical ethical hacking if people think that it's for the right reasons like if they suspect that there's a hacker they'll do the opposite like ethically hack the hacker (laughs) we'll find out okay ethical hacking involves an authorized attempt to gain unauthorized access to a computer system application or data I don't know what that means. So like if you've got a warrant. Oh, no, no, I've got it. I've got it. So ethical hacking is basically where you will like test how easy a computer system is to hack. Uh, So uh, basically you're trying to detect vulnerabilities in like um, an application system or like an infrastructure. So you're trying to like see if someone was to try and hack this, like could they? I think that's basically what it is. Yeah, that's cool. So they do learn about like hacking processes, I guess. So to hack the boy, like, I just don't understand what you'd get out of that. You're just going to probably stumble across something you don't like. I don't know. Would you guys do that? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's a bit of a girl boss, like, situation. Uh, Like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to, I can (laughs) hack into this. Like, I kind of rate that so much. But then in the same breath. It's an uh, invasion of privacy, guys. So, But it's an investment in her education, guys. <laughs> yeah, she's got a real life um, actual example to, to practice on. Literally, 
And imagine the motivation to get through that project. Like you would literally be like, <laughs> you would not take a break. You'd be like, yeah, I'm doing this. I'm going to make this work. Imagine presenting that being like, so I tried some ethical hacking and it worked. This is my findings <laughs> like in front of the whole class. <laughs> I don't think there's anything ethical about that. There's not at all. But I'm I'm with I'm with Yaz. Like, what are you gonna find on his computer? Because surely it's all gonna be on his phone, no? Unless it's all mm. like out iCloud all linked up. But wouldn't you then have to hack the iCloud? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about hacking. I just think it just sounds like bad already. And also if you've got suspicions, just isn't it like I'm um, old school maybe, just like communicating and asking. <laughs> like, do you need to go through the means of using hacking or I mean I get you but if he is cheating and she says oh are you cheating on me he's not gonna be like actually yeah I am (laughs) (laughs) he's not just gonna be like oh since you are so nicely like I guess I'll tell you (laughs) I mean that's what it should be like people should just be open and be like yeah do you know what I don't like you anymore soz (laughs) but I think like hacking into someone's computer and like or phone or apps or whatever is exactly the same as like using someone's thumbprint to get into their phone. Like you're still technically like hacking into their like system yeah, and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. And like, I guess it's the same. You're just going a really long winded way around it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess we're not relationship agony aunts or like able to give that kind of advice that people should definitely take but the trust is going to be gone whether you're using the thumbprint or the face id or you're hacking like it's kind of sus I plus imagine like... how bad you feel like you've wrote all this code or like i don't even know what you have to do but you've done all of this and then you get in there and then like all you find is this lecture notes like nothing else <laughs> <laughs> imagine if he's actually about, not cheating about history or archaeology should i say <laughs> yeah, you feel... oh my god you would feel so bad yeah and imagine it's like it could even be something well I don't know my mind does crazy things like maybe he was talking to this um other student this girl on his course about you and like Mm -hmm. she was given advice on like a valentine's day present or like a christmas present you would just feel worse yes did you write this in <laughs> you? Honestly, if I had a boyfriend, you lot would know. Oh. <laughs> we obviously do not condone any of this behavior, but I just want to know have you guys ever thought about maybe not hacking your boyfriend's phone, but maybe using his thumbprint or his face? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I think I could be quite like difficult or not I was gonna say crazy but I don't like that word like in a relationship I can get really jealous so I feel like I don't think I could go to that extent but like you can see why people would do it or Mm. I can see why people would think to do it but then I'm also like if you feel like you need to do that then where is the trust you know I have not like purposely hacked anyone's accounts or anything (laughs) however I have been in For example, like me and my first ever boyfriend, we broke up because I was actually on his emails doing something for him. And then I saw something in his emails. 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 (laughs) Okay, so this is this is a bit wild. So I was on my boyfriend's emails because we were going on a holiday and I was sorting out his um, e-hit card, which is like European health insurance card. (laughs) 
why are you sorting that out? <laughs> he was so slow at everything. I was like, right, I'm just going to do it for you because you me off. So I was like, just give me your login. I'll do it for you. And I saw this email from this woman and I was like, what the f*** is this? <laughs> Guys, I kid you not. This woman sent him a picture of her <laughs> What? I swear, I swear on my life. I swear on my life. So I was like, what the f***? Was so there I, something like unusual about it? Like, why would you? No, wait, wait, my wait. So I start going through his emails and it is full of emails from women just literally sending him pictures of their <laughs> in the toilet, on plate, everything. So that was his fetish. On a plate! So, yeah. <laughs> on a plate! Liv, do you think you ever went for a poo and then, like, he was trying to see oh, what it looked no. like? Oh, no. We were only... The thing is, we were only, like, 18. So, like, I didn't even... Like, we never even really, like, stayed at each other's house. I told his sister and everything. <gasps> That's savage. Did you tell him, though, that you found all these images? Yeah, yeah. I sent, I sent him the screenshots and images. What did he say? Oh. He, he was, like, ringing me up, crying. Like, I'm so sorry. Please don't tell anyone. <laughs> No, oh. that's so weird. That I was actually 18, is weird. But I was actually so upset. I did not expect that. Anyway, don't hack because you don't want to know what is on their device because you could come across like a photo album with the emoji and it's just collection, a compilation <laughs> of poo. He <laughs> <laughs> should use his fetish for good. Yeah, like if he gets all of these women that are sending him pictures of poo to actually send them in, that could just fuel the planes. <laughs> like we would be sorted. <laughs> no, guys, let's be scientifically correct here, okay? Because it would only fuel one the journey from London to New York. <laughs> to New York. Okay? No, it would probably only fuel one flight to the south of France. Yeah, because how many people was he getting to send oh, pictures no, of to be fair, there was a lot of girls in his uh, email. So. <laughs> oh, one man accomplishing what other men cannot, and that is fueling <laughs> all planes with poop. Oh, what an oh, embarrassment. Obviously, if you have a fetish, we are not... shitting on it. <laughs> <laughs> actually like fetish shaming it's just because it was so traumatic for me because it was like little 18 year old me and it was like my first serious relationship and I actually was heartbroken so I actually hold it against him because technically he did cheat on me and um yeah it was pretty traumatic we're not fetish what a way to be cheated on <sighs> it's a story now you know like look I make people smile and laugh with that story so oh, oh that is so funny anyway what a story. Well, we went on like a 20 minute tangent. <laughs> yeah. I said, would you guys hack your boyfriend's phone? Okay. I wouldn't hack my boyfriend's phone because I feel like I should trust my boyfriend and vice versa. Like I would be violent. I'd feel violated if they mm. did the same to me. I'd be like, I don't know. Like it's just. It's I feel like almost phone. in like, a way, should... especially if they were to like 
go on like this whole project and also have another man teach them <laughs> like maybe not because <laughs> it's yeah, not like just, actually like, an easy that thing. was a point that I was gonna make make was like oh you seem pretty chummy with this guy like and this guy <laughs> wants to hack into your boyfriend's thing like do you not think that he's got a little side motive there yeah 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 maybe he likes her so that's my thoughts then he's like oh let's hack your boyfriend's computer that's exactly what i thought though like as soon as you were reading it out i was like oh this guy who wants to help her hack her boyfriend's thing seems mm-hmm. kind of sus sus yeah i agree if you're insistent that no one hacking maybe let's not write the code to do it we can educate ourselves in other ways maybe use the farm <laughs> no don't <laughs> <laughs> and just use a different part for your project for your no degree. i'm gonna yeah. go out and say like if you are gonna go into his phone make it educational learn how to hack that that thing <laughs> you know but i do not recommend like the the thumb is a cop-out do not go for the thumb like try and hack it oh, work but, for it work for the evidence yeah work for it girl <laughs> but I'm gonna say I do not recommend hacking because like either way or I just don't recommend like snooping in because like you can take things out of context you can like I don't know our advice is do not do this do not hack your boyfriend's phone it's unethical it's um, immoral and we do not condone this behavior however we do (laughs) condone you invest in your education but you don't need this other man to teach you how to do it you got this yourself trust go and build like a fun app or i don't know go build something fun that's not hack yeah or i'm sure people are probably like desperate or not desperate but they might need people to do this ethical hacking so that they could like see if their app is Yeah. yeah yeah got like gaps or whatever it's called yeah or like go and hack into someone who deserves to be hacked like mark zuckerberg <laughs> or elon musk or something wait <laughs> Do why, that. Does, why does mark zuckerberg deserve it <laughs> well he's like the head of meta and everything so like if you could hack into him you can do anything babes you can do anything <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh all right okay so conclusions guys what are we saying I say do not do it. Mm-hmm. Do not use the thumb. Do not use the face ID. Speak mm-hmm. to your partner. And if there isn't trust there anyway, then like figure out if that's a relationship you want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just like get your degree. Like work hard on it, but... Mm-hmm. Ethically. Hopefully. Ethically, yeah. Mm-hmm. My summary you, is find out if the guy who wants to help you fancies you because that's some weird motive that he has Mm -hmm. (laughs) secondly Mm -hmm. i really would not recommend hacking into your boyfriend's computer or whatever just if you have problem or if you have a problem ask him straight up obviously he might not be truthful but usually you can tell like if someone's not being Mm -hmm. truthful Mm -hmm. and then like then maybe consider it, consider the hacking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Liv, you were just like, mm-hmm, yeah. What do you think, Liv? I agree with both of you guys, to be honest. I don't think she should do it. Um, yeah, like we said, work on another project. But thanks for writing in. We don't think you're psycho. I think everyone's had a moment where they're like, yeah, debate doing something crazy. But well, also, just... let me jump in and say, if you do end up hacking, please tell us how it goes, because I'm yeah. invested in this story. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Hey guys, I don't even know if that's possible. I don't know. It depends. Yeah, keep us updated. Anyways, that rounds up today's gossip section. As always, if anyone has some crazy stories that they want us to react to or give advice to, or any questions that you want us to cover, please email us at socultured at gmail.com or you can DM us on Twitter or Instagram at socultured podcast. We would absolutely love to hear your stories. Very soon we will be collecting stories for season two. So if you're someone who's enjoying this gossip section, please consider writing in a story so that we have some more things to read out for next season and yeah we will see all of you guys in the next episode and thanks for listening thanks for listening you've been listening to the so cultured podcast thanks so much for tuning in make sure you listen in next week for more science and tech updates and the hottest laboratory you can stay up to date with us in between episodes by following us on instagram and x at so cultured podcast see you back here same time next week Watch me breaking